Welcome to the Sovereign Grace Bible Church Podcast. Always reforming because we're always conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. Welcome back. I'm Pastor Jared Yancey, pastor of Sovereign Grace Bible Church in Hera, Oklahoma. We're going to continue going through the book of Romans. We left off in verse 20 of the third chapter of Romans, and so far we have thoroughly established the judicial guilt of man before God. Man absolutely stands guilty before God. Therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness which is of which is by faith of Jesus Christ to all and on all them that believe for there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God this series of podcast will focus on the history of the law and the place of the law in redemption and the use of the law under the new covenant as such we have to establish the use of the law both in the Old Covenant and in, and in the New Covenant. Now, these verses here, verses 20 through 23, are vital in understanding the macro concept and the overall duty and job and purpose of the law. Now, we have established the easy-to-understand portion of the law, that by the law is the knowledge of sin. By the laws and knowledge of sin, the revelation of the law to man by God informs man something he may have only previously have known in a shaded context. He may have known it darkly. He knows it imperfectly. He knows it with a sinful mind and a sinful heart. The law was written on his heart. He has a man being made in the image of God, had an understanding of inherent righteousness. But he interprets that inherent righteousness through a sinful mind and sinful heart. As such, he does not understand the law as he ought, nor could he ever understand the law without additional revelation from God. God was pleased to take this law, this natural righteousness, and codify it or reveal it to man in the form of the Ten Commandments. And he did so in the overall context of a covenant. Now, note several things here. First of all, this covenant did not create the sin. This covenant did not create sin. This sin was around from the very beginning before the covenant with Israel was ever made. But God was pleased to inform all of mankind about the nature of righteousness through the covenant of one, Israel. So part of that law here is to convict men that they are indeed sinners. But that law does not create sin. It does not create the righteousness by which man offends God. That's very important to understand. Because there is indeed a righteousness without the law being manifested. Now, this righteousness without the law, this is a tricky 
this is a tricky phrase here that and if you read it just on its face you can think that there is two kinds of righteousness law righteousness and another righteousness but you have to connect the entire uh, verse together but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets so there is indeed a righteousness to which the law and the prophets bear witness to it is the law and the and the prophets they testify about righteousness now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest is made known now why is there a righteousness of God without the law manifest being witnessed by the law if you are going to be redeemed if you are going to be declared just before God if God is going to look down from heaven and declare you righteous he cannot do so on terms of the law because by the law is the knowledge of sin if God were to judge you strictly by the law you and the law in your obedience to the law he would have to pronounce everyone guilty and no one righteous now it's very important as we look at the previous chapters and what the law reveals in the connection between the law and the nature of God it's imperative that you understand that God must judge by the law it is by the law that all the world becomes guilty before God and God can't ignore that God can't set that aside. God must deal within that framework that the law pronounces the entire world guilty. And that verse 20 identifies what it means that the righteousness of God without the law. It identifies what it means without the law. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. That identifies what it means without the law. So you can read it this way. But now the righteousness of God without man doing the works of the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Without the law does not mean without the law altogether or contrary to the law or opposite to the law. But connected with that is without the law means man's obedience to the law or man's personal law righteousness of striving to obey the law. So there's a righteousness of God without man's deeds and it's manifested by the law and the prophets. Here in Galatians chapter 2 which really deals with uh, the relationship between the law and the new covenant probably even more particular than the book of Romans uh, here in chapter 2 verses 16 through 19 help clarify verse 20 and 21 verse 16 says this knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ or faith in Jesus Christ even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified because we haven't kept the law. We have violated the law and are under the curse of the law. Verse 17. 
But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin, God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Verse 19 is the verse I really want to focus in. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live to God. Galatians 2.19 For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live to God. The law killed his law righteousness. Paul was a Pharisee. He had a Pharisee's righteousness, a law-keeping righteousness. But here he says when he really read the law, and, and Romans will get into this in chapter uh, 6 and 7, especially 7 when he gives his testimony. But Paul here in Galatians 2.19 says that the law killed his righteousness. He had no life before God because of the law. And therefore, if you are trying to earn a law righteousness, you are violating the law. You cannot both hold to the law and hold to a salvation by the law. That is contrary to the law. If you use the law rightly and properly, it will kill any works righteousness. And the purpose of killing your works righteousness is that you might seek a righteousness somewhere else, that you may live to God by faith as Paul's going to say in, in Romans. But now the righteousness of God without the law, because the law has killed any personal law righteousness, is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets testify that you have no works righteousness before God. So what is the nature of this righteousness if it is not works righteousness by the law? Both the law and the prophets testify that there's another righteousness. They witness that there is a, another righteousness. So what is this righteousness of God without our works of the law? Even the righteousness of God which is by faith in Jesus Christ to all and all them that believe for there is no difference whether Jew or Gentile. That's the context when you go back through chapter 2. Both Jews have sinned and Gentiles have sinned and the remedy for sin is not obedience to the law. Because the law tells us that we've failed God and we've sinned to God essentially, uh, violated God's essential nature. But they both give a testimony that there's a righteousness which may be had outside of our works righteousness. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all them that believe. Here faith is connected to belief. Believing and faith are, are very close, very similar. You cannot have faith without belief. And it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, if you are under that covenant which gave us the law, or if you are a Gentile never under that covenant, if you were never under the uh, old covenant. Verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In this respect, the old covenant reveals that all men, Jew and Gentile, have sinned against God. And therefore, if there is a righteousness by God, which is by faith, which is by belief, then it is free. It is nothing you do to earn it. Believe the gospel and you will be justified. Verse 24, being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 
you are justified freely by the grace, by Jesus Christ purchasing your salvation on the cross. He purchased that righteousness on the cross, whom God has sent forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. That's the means that God has ordained to connect you to that righteousness. Faith in his blood. Faith that he was a propitiation. Faith that he redeemed you on the cross. And then he declares that this righteousness for the remission of sins are, that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare at this time his righteousness, that he may be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. This verse 26 here is very important. It connects it back to verse 22 and then later on to verse 31. Verse 31 says, Do we make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yes, we establish the law. We establish the law because God's salvation, even through faith in Jesus Christ, must be according to that law righteousness. And we're going to get into that when we get to chapter 5 of the book of Romans, that we will see that this righteousness of God is indeed in line with the law of God. That it is in accordance to the law of God, but it is not according to our works of that law. So it must be according to the works of someone else. And it is someone else who obeyed the law, someone else who earned the righteousness, that's someone else who earned the very righteousness of God, someone that God in his grace and mercy and love toward us set forth to be a propitiation, to make atonement for our sins. He shed his blood, pay the price for our sins, for our failure. He paid the price for our law righteousness, which was nothing. He paid the debt that we owed. That's what redemption means. It means to pay the price. We owed God. What did we owe God? We owed God obedience. Therefore, Jesus, if he's going to be our substitute, must have a obedience to pay the price. And he must have a wonderful obedience, obedience in order that he may pay the price for his entire elect, for the entire election of grace. And this is imputed to us. This is given to us by faith. So God must be just. He is the one to uphold the righteousness of the law. The law defines righteousness. You can't have a righteousness apart from it being defined by the law. So God must have a righteousness and must uphold the law and must be just. And his justice and grace he has then made a way by his infinite wisdom and love to not only be just, but to also justify sinners by believing in Jesus. So if our righteousness before God is in Jesus, where is our boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? No, by the law of faith. We conclude there. Look at verse 28 very carefully. Therefore, we conclude a man is justified by faith without deeds of the law. Notice it is not without law altogether. So many antinomians here put a false dichotomy between law and grace here. Wherein true grace is the fulfilling of the law, not the setting aside of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yes, we establish the law. Yea, we establish the law. 
Now we will pick up here what it means to establish the law. And to establish the law is to do, we use the law in the same way that the law wrought on Paul's heart, as he said in Galatians 2.19, or I through the law am dead to the law that I might live to God. We establish the law by using the law to kill people's self-righteousness. And in then we are able to point them to the righteousness of God, which is by faith to them that believe. So we will pick up there and begin chapter 4 next time. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you.